Well, it's over. Done. Gone. No mas. Put a fork in her. She done. She gone. Nelly? Morning. RJ? Morning. 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 M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Double entendre there for morning. (laughs) Yes, it is the morning. It's 7.03. Also, we're in morning when it comes to college football. It's gone. It's over. It's done. No mas. How you guys? How you guys uh, holding up? How you feeling? Not great. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> RJ, how you feeling? I'm okay. Yeah, you seem. You don't seem as pissed and sad as Nelly and I'm, I. I'm, I just powered through my stages of grief. I think you're still in denial. Mm-mm. And I'm not talking the river, you know. Denial. You're in denial. <laughs> Are you sure you powered through your stages of grief? Did you ever get angry? No. I I think you're in denial. I think you're stuck in it. I don't think so, because I know it's not happening. <laughs> Man. A lot of sad songs today. I'm gonna do a eulogy something. I'm gonna try and uh try and think of it the good times. If you have any good tailgate memories, phone it in. 608-321-1670. You can tweet it in at Zone Madison. You can Facebook it in Zone Madison. You can Twitch it in. Twitch.tv, my name Ebo says it. Follow. Tell us there. If you say that RJ you believe RJ's in stage one of grieving, denial. I think I'm in stage two, anger. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I am... Uh... And I think I'm going to skip bargaining altogether. Ooh. Yeah, there's going to be no bargaining. No bargaining. <laughs> it's just straight to there's depression. There's nothing to bargain. <laughs> straight to depression. RJ, RJ proclaims he's not in denial. He powered through all of them, but he never got angry. So he never even got past the second stage. Therefore, I think you're in denial. But it takes a lot for me to get angry. It takes a lot for me to get angry, too. Like, I'm not in denial. I know, I've, I've accepted it. So I guess I, I'm i angry. Yeah. I've accepted it, but I'm angry. I'd see. I've I've accepted it. Um, they so, can still practice. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like you've accepted it, Ebo. It, 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 <laughs> it sounded like I got angry there, didn't it? I think yeah. I might be in anger. I'm in, too. I'm in stage two. I want to yell out, this with, is bullshit. Stop. Stop. At the top of my lungs. But I mean, I with, think I'm in anger. With practice, I mean, they're keeping scholarships. Uh, the walk-ons are allowed to then still have their three meals per day that the university provides them. Same with the scholarship guys. Uh, everything's still going to be available. It, you're just in. A, Except going to games and watching them, seeing them play. Well, you weren't. And the be Badgers able to going to the Big anyway. Ten championship game to lose to Ohio State. There you go. You just. Figured it out. Well, let's run a computer simulation. Like, like I would take uh, losing to for... Ohio State. I would take losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, that, meaning that we'd get football. I'd take it. <laughs> All right. I, I just pulled up the seven stages of grief. I thought there was only five. We're seven? There's two different ones I found here. There's a, I don't have, I want to go through two more emotions. <laughs> shock. Okay, that was probably... Is uh, that denial? Shock was Monday when they came out and said canceled. That wait, lasted, wait, wait, that no, lasted, wait. That lasted about eh, two minutes. <laughs> Denial. Well, now some people are saying we want to play. Oh, now some people are saying it wasn't true. That was my denial stage. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Then yesterday when they come out and say, over, it's done. Now I'm still in stage three. Anger. You have too many. There's too many stages in yours. Yeah. I like the five stages. You have seven. Bargaining. Yeah. I'm just I'm just reading. What, okay. What do you have? Yeah. You have shock? Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, accepting. What the hell is te- testing? Yeah, what are testing? we te- what are we testing? COVID nineteen? We're already doing that. There's like a minuscule Isn't amount of college football bargaining. Testing? No, so get get off the seven, get on the think, five. I think shock would be denial. We're going Nelson, sorry, there's seven, done. We're well, going five. I, I typed in the stages of grief and there's two different ones. One's Ooh. five and one's seven. We're going go, with five. Yeah, let's go with five. We're going denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I trust me, I don't know if it's five or seven. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was in acceptance, but then I got angry. So I am yeah. I'm in yeah. anger. I am in you, anger. You got you're I'm like You'll go back and listen to this and actually be angry. Yeah, it's like, hey, you guys remember when I got angry? Hey, no, man. no, really. Like, 
Hey, let's, let's just, just chill out. Can we just so, figure it out? So, Ebo, what did you say that you just wanted to yell real loud? This is bullshit. So, this one that I found for the five stages of grieving. Number two, anger. This is bull. Why do I have to learn? Oh, How do I have I, to? You take are this? angry. I'm the definition of anger. You in the have five not stages. gone first, into acceptance. They're literally the first sentence on what describes number two anger. This is bullshit. <laughs> and I want to yell it out the top of my lungs. The university from football alone is set to lose over a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of cheddar. I am. Uh, I am very nervous to see what's going to happen with. Everything. Barry Alvarez was talking yesterday, and I have comments. I'll play his comments after the break coming up here. But Barry Alvarez was talking about um, when's when did they like uh, get rid of baseball? Is it 1991? They got uh, rid of baseball. 89. Baseball. What gymnastics? Fencing. fencing. So they got rid of all those sports because of budget cuts, right? It was we have to we have money that we need to make up because we were losing money, right? That's why they cut those sports. Yeah. Well, at that point in time, they had absolutely no money. So that was the last time that they cut sports. Do you think coming up here in the 20, well, what would it be the 2021 fiscal year then? When's the fiscal year change for the university? Is it October? July? July. All right. So in the next fiscal year, and they're already starting cuts. They're already, they've already done cuts because of COVID-19. They are going to lose insane untold amounts of money. And they're going to be have to, to cut. They're going to be have to doing cuts. It's just, that's business, right? Because if you don't have money coming in, how do you afford stuff? So are we going to see... Some of these non-revenue generating sports, given the old, see ya, the axe. I would assume so. Uh, probably. It'll be interesting to see. Well, some colleges already started it. Yeah. Well, when they, they figured they started like, it in March. Yeah. Yeah. When they figured that, like you said, well, football season might not be here in the fall, mm-hmm. and we already la- lost a huge money making month of basketball. Uh, yeah, Stanford. You know. Stanford cut like eleven sports. Yeah. yeah, and I, I wonder what sports are going to get the axe. It's, it's I don't. I hate How, yeah, especially about it. if you don't have a well, Division One football season, uh-huh. and you're talking about Ohio State, like trying to go play by leaving the Big Ten. They have the largest athletic department, both staff wise and sports wise, in the country. You leave to another conference, you ain't for. A few years, you are not getting equal share of any dollars that are dispersed. You stand to lose more money leaving the Big Ten than you do staying and not playing one year of of football. I don't see anyone leaving the Big Ten to go play elsewhere. Here's what I see happening, though. Kids transferring. Yeah. I mean. That's definitely going to happen. It'd be. It's just like, hey, I have an extra. My eligibility isn't up yet. I'm going to do a grad transfer. I mean. I don't see why the NCAA would block transfers. It'll be interesting to see when guys. I think you have to have conferences announce that they are indeed playing. It like officially announce, not like some reporter says, oh, an anonymous Big 12 source has told me they will be pushing ahead. Right. Um, I need to hear from the conference commissioners that we are indeed playing. And if I'm a senior or on my last year of eligibility, um, or I'm planning on leaving anyway, I might be entering the transfer portal. So speaking of, you know, unnamed people saying stuff, a Power 5 athletic director on the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling fall football. This comes from um, a tweet from Jeff Goldman, who's a basketball analyst, covers all hoops, yada, yada, yada. He says, someone texted him saying, a Power 5 athletic director, quote, you've got one pro guy with no background in the industry and Kevin Warren and a guy in Larry Scott who acts like he's smarter than everyone else. We're supposed to be about the players. This isn't about the players. No. That's what one Power 5 athletic director, unnamed, said about the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling football. Now, I wonder where that AD is from. I would love to know. Um, Because, yeah, you do have a guy who has not been in this position before. And, yeah, Larry Scott is the laughing stock of of college football commissioners right now um has been for a while it's like uh almost every like it started with like the failed launch of the Pac-12 network uh he tried to get it nationwide and yeah. it took a while for that to happen whereas the Big 10 network went nationwide right away once again like i said because 
people wanted it because the footprint is larger than the states that the Big Ten universities lie in. Um, it's like the only reason we have the ACC network and the SEC network is because uh, ESPN hamstrung cable providers and satellite providers and said, well, if you don't pick up these two, you're not getting ESPN. You're not getting ESPN2. You're not getting all this. I just don't get why the Big Ten would have shut it down and have been the first one. Like When the SEC, by all accounts, seems pretty firm in playing, ACC definitely right behind them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Big 12 was on the fence. Pac-12 was on the fence. Big Ten was the leader of, hey, we think we might be canceling the season. I understand why the Pac-12 had some incentive to shut down the season. I don't understand why the Big Ten would do it. Yeah. Like for I, me, looking at the Pac-12, when you have a bunch of players and teams starting to organize saying, we want certain demands met or we're not going to play, that was the perfect in- incentive in my mind for the Pac-12 to be like, well, you know, we might take losses for one year, mm-hmm. but imagine the losses we would take if they unionized and actually got what they wanted. Right. And especially the Pac-12 players specifically mentioned revenue sharing and exactly. all that. Exactly. They had incentive to shut down because they could lose a lot. Yeah. The Big Ten, their demands were specifically safety protocols and having the ability, their player, yeah, and their players having the ability to actually play. Um, and I understand the NCAA stepped away and was like, this is all on you guys, which great governing body, you, you, you used your own shovel to move that first piece of dirt with your grave. Well, like with the Pac-12, <laughs> with the Pac-12, obviously, like I said, they could lose a mm-hmm. bunch of money if they actually became a union, you know, got that 50% revenue and all the demands that they wanted. But then the thing was, obviously, if the Pac-12 didn't play, they would lose for this season and they would take heavy financial losses, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't lose for the next however many years they're a conference. Right. And they would kind of show the players that maybe you don't have as much pull as you think you do because are you really not going to play? Are right. you really going to shut down your potential NFL or whatever sport you play professional careers? And I think after maybe one season of not playing, a lot of them would realize, you know I what? I kind of need this. It sucks, but I still kind of have to do it. Yeah. That, that, but then, like you said, the Big Ten really, they didn't have that incentive yeah. to shut down. All, the, all they wanted was player representation. They didn't ask for revenue sharing. They didn't ask for all this. They just asked for safety protocols and you know, maybe down the line it they add in that stuff, but right now it was more or less we really want to play. Please let us play. <laughs> it was not a unanimous decision yesterday to do so. Uh Big 10 commissioner Kevin Warren so he was asked the question if it was unanimous and I forget the exact quote he had, but it was essentially it was not unanimous. He here, in fact, here I have comments from him right here. Let me uh, let me get it up. Let me get it a play. Commissioner Warren, I think you heard the question because you began answering it. But what changed <laughs> between Wednesday and today? Yeah, Dave. I mean, one of the things that we uh, promised ourselves uh, that this was going to be a fluid situation. This was going to be a day-to-day situation, and we would be on a perpetual state of just observing, gathering information and doing everything we possibly could to have false sports. That being said, the thing, our overarching you know, reason and the overarching um, issues that we had to always keep at the top of our mind was the fact, and I've said it from the first day that I started at the Big Ten, that the health, the safety, the wellness, and both physical and mental for our student athletes was gonna be at the top of my list. And uh, as things began to evolve, you look at the number of cases that are spiking, the number of deaths, not only in our country, in our states where many of our schools are located, but worldwide, is that I promise that all the decisions that we will make during my tenure here at the Big Ten will always put the mental and physical health and safety and wellness of our student athletes at the center. And uh, when you look at this decision, uh, it just we just believe collectively there's too much uncertainty at this point in time uh, in in our country and to to really 
to encourage our student athletes to participate in fall sports. And we just, I take this responsibility seriously and I will continually do everything in my power to make sure that uh, we put our student athletes in a position to be empowered and to, uh, and to be elevated. But as people first and uh, as students and, and understand they're also, they're not professionals. These are amateur athletes and they deserve an opportunity to be able to participate in a healthy and safe manner. All right, this is all right. So let me ask you guys this: Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who we just heard right there talking about this being healthy in a safe manner, participate, not compete. Participate. Kevin Warren has a son. Kevin Warren's son plays for Mississippi State in the SEC. The SEC is not canceled. What do you think will happen if Kevin Warren is spotted if they do let fans in in the stands watching a or play even if he football. or even if he allows he, his son to play he he wouldn't be yeah if you better tell your son you're well, coming home I haven't heard that he's not playing because the SEC is still playing if Kevin Warren and his son who is at Mississippi State for the SEC plays has, hasn't he said earlier this year he's okay with his son playing he yes it was it was so in why, like two days ago as is the commissioner why are you listening to school presidents saying, no, we can't play. And outside of the fact that, you know, Indiana has shared with you, like a couple of their players have developed that uh, heart ailment that yeah. comes with this and like things like that. I understand, I understand that there is now a health. I mean, there always was a health risk, but permanent health risks that have come up because now, of some I of this. I get that, but why but, are you still letting them practice? Yeah, right. But, but practice is different. It's you a still much more people. controlled environment. True, you but you can, still buy people. But you're still, you can you're still control playing it. Football. You're wearing a mask. I, you're not tackling. I like, just can't get I, my. I understand that. I just can't wrap my head around. You're still practicing. Kevin Warren being all right with his son still playing, but not since he plays in the SEC, play. but not letting your league play. I, I don't know about any of the parents out there. None of us three are parents. No, but I can't imagine that. Nope. If I had a a son and I was all right with him playing, I wouldn't be all right, RJ, with your son playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what? Well, these excuse me. What do we know about like, people if, in power? It's do as I say, not as like, I do. If I didn't, mm-hmm. if I really felt, you know what, you know what, RJ, I don't think our kids should play t-ball this year. Mm-hmm. COVID is is too too big of a thing. I'm not sending the kid that I care about more than your kid, my kid, out right. to play t-ball. Yeah. Well, it's like what? you guys—you guys—it's like you would be commissioner of the T-ball league in a different city that you didn't live in. Like, yeah, we're shutting it down. But old little Nelly Junior over here, who lives in a different city, is like, oh yeah, get out there and have fun, go play. That now, doesn't make any sense. This could also be it. Yeah, he's the mouthpiece for the conference, but he's not the one making the decision. So, I mean, if if that's the case, if he's it, not it, the one making the decision, what the hell is he there for? Well. He, it's like the commissioner of baseball. He's there to serve the... Well, we know he doesn't make decisions. <laughs> yeah. We're, he's there to serve the the owners of the clubs. Here, this guy's here to serve the school presidents, not the ADs. So if the school presidents make the decision, if he goes against it, yeah, then he would be out. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's bad optic. All right, so Barry Alvarez making some waves yesterday, I should say. When it comes to the cancellation of Big Ten football, I have comments from the athletic director. And right here, here is uh, from the Don himself of the toughest fall he'll ever have to beat through. Here you go. Have a listen. It hasn't been fun. I know how much our student athletes want to play and enjoy playing. I watch them practice the last couple of weeks and just watching them on the field and watching the coaches and how they interact and how they enjoy it. It just don't feel good about it. I just feel a, just a hollow feeling. I, I, this has been very, very difficult for me. And this is going to be probably the toughest fall that I've ever gone through. How's he oh. been watching them for a couple of weeks? What, what, what's happening here? Have they been on, have they been? Yeah. They've only well, been lifting for the last couple of weeks. I thought they, they could re- practice only with a helmet on. They reported Monday. Well, Barry Alvarez, the Don, did say one thing, though. A very hollow feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I can't feel good when you know you're going to lose a minimum of $100 million. <laughs> like in uh, um, Naked Gun. 
<laughs> Drinking Drano. Sure, it hollows sure, you it out. Hollows you out. <laughs> also, his comment about being probably the worst fall he's ever experienced. I'm going to say that's probably 99% of people that are also in that same boat. I'd go even further, like 99.9%. Except my wife. Not the ones that haven't canceled uh, football yet. My no, wife. I'm just going to say with the pandemic in general. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, here is more about the financial impact from Barry Alvarez. We've got a plan for that, and, and, and we'll move forward and do the best we can. And, you know, every every athletic department in the country is going to go through the same thing. We're all, you know, you're, you're going to be battling. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. And, uh, you know, those are things that we're going to have to address and, and, and figure out. It'll be difficult. Did you notice his, his connection started cutting in and out a little bit there? Made that little, like, weird blippy noise. Did you hear that? Where yeah. Like, I think the Badgers have already cut back on uh, Wi-Fi. They've dialed back their internet speed to save on the bill. They're already they're already pinching pennies over there, and on their financial impact. Here's more from Alvarez about wanting to play, but safety first. I know how much they wanted to play. I was right there with them. Uh, I wanted them to play too. You got to have to look at the safety. That was our number one priority to start with. But uh, I, I know how much they wanted to play, and the coaches and our fans, and everyone else. But believe me, there's no one wanting to play more than me. So I understand it. I understand their feeling. We do have a message here from Happy Time Harry on Twitch, and he says, poor Barry, will he give up his salary this year? No. They've yeah. already taken They've already, already taken took a, a percentage a off. He ain't, he ain't getting any They've reduced hours to a lot of people down there. A lot of other people have About taken to get reduced more, reduced by a lot more. Yeah, they're reduced salaries for everyone down there. Reduced hours of work, but there's still there's still a lot of people make a lot of money. And I'd have there. to imagine this is going to extend to more than just the athletic program. Oh, and the athletic they're, department. They're going to be cutting everywhere. Because I I know some people that work for the UW not in the athletic department. Oh yeah, and they've already been. <laughs> They've been due furloughs. to the pandemic yeah. and stuff. There's been furloughs. There's been you know why don't you take today off and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, if you think it's bad right <laughs> now because of COVID nineteen, yeah, COVID nineteen ravaged a lot of everyone. And yeah. now you're losing a hundred million dollars minimum. Isn't that nuts? Mm-hmm. It's going to affect. Even more people that work here. Here's the uh, Barry Alvarez on salary cuts among coaches. We haven't discussed that yet. Um, we've had a little time to make that decision. You know, you, you, we've got. You know, we went after the the highest salaried coaches in the in the department initially. We, we may go deeper in that. <laughs> we have some plans, and those are things that we'll sit down as administration and make those final decisions. All right. So speaking of cuts. They have not, this is from Barry Alvarez, they have not discussed cutting sports due to the financial fallout yet. Here he is. And I'll be honest with you, that's one thing we have not discussed. You know, I I will try to get through this without eliminating sports. I know there are going to be some schools that are going to have to, but uh, as of right now, to be honest with you, that has not been in our discussions. And I hope it stays that way. Well, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be in the discussions very shortly. Well, here's the thing. You're going to be short a hundred million dollars this year and you haven't started discussing it? discussing cutting sports yet you're screwed that means you have a certain amount saved that is preventing you from cutting sports right now mm-hmm. um i think if you then extend this into the winter and winter sports start getting affected affected then you're going to start looking at cutting sports. Well, CNN was on at the gym the other day when I was there. I don't really watch mainstream news. It's poison for your mind. But it was on in the gym, and they have already are setting it up for the fall, saying this will be the most trying time in the history of America this fall when mm-hmm. it comes to COVID-19. So if that, is that, if that moves forward in the winter, yeah. you're going to see more sports like basketball. Bye. There's, another, there's a huge moneymaker. Will well, that happen? I don't know. And – as you look at it, the the men's sports are the ones that are going to be getting cut here because you got to stay in compliance with yeah, Title Nine. Uh, Title Nine, and the only way you can do that without cutting a lot more men's sports than women's sports would be cutting football because mm. that's your big one. That is, the, and I'm not saying Title Nine's a bad thing. Just you're going to see a lot more men's sports cut no, nationwide. You're than, not saying it's a bad thing, but sports. it's what. It's what in, is in place that you have to abide by. Yeah. So you have to abide by the laws and rules put into place. Yeah. So here's more from Barry Alvarez on the cuts that they might need to make. 
with no football season. We do have a reserve that'll take us so far, but we're, we're going to have to have some layoffs. Some of our units that won't be working, those are things that we have a plan for. Those are very difficult decisions to make. You know, we've had furloughs. We've tried to be as fair, take care of our people as best we could. But, you know, when you shut down and you're not playing sports, you lose the TV revenue, the gate, et cetera, you got to make up for it somehow. Yeah, there's going to be all kinds of people. I mean, there already is all kinds of people without jobs, but specifically at the university, it's you're you're going to be D-Day's coming. It ain't going to be good. Yeah, uh, and I know I, I got a buddy who's out in Seattle, works for a D3 school. He's one of the only people still working in his athletic department. Yeah, the axe man cometh. It's pretty much you, if you're a head coach, you still have a job, but you're part-time right yeah. now. And you probably got a reduced salary. Yep, reduced salary, part time, and so and you're yeah. crossing your fingers for a vaccine. Everybody Come else, on, Vladimir yeah. Putin. Everybody else is pretty much furloughed until they can have sports played again. Yeah, and other people in the conference, other schools like Scott Frost in Nebraska, they are not happy with the Big Ten, saying they are ready to go as they have been and want to play. Here's more from Alvarez on other schools in the conference probably trying to play games. I've been a a legitimate member of this league for a long time, since 1979, (laughs) uh, other than three years at Notre Dame. So uh, I've never thought about trying to buck the Big Tens, but uh, I I don't know all those answers, but I guess you're going to get – we're going to get them pretty quick. That's He's like, awesome. yo, I've been here since 79, bro. <laughs> I love it. Legitimate member. Yeah. <laughs> who's that a shot at? Rutgers, Nebraska, who else? Uh... Anybody who's, like, thinking about leaving. Like, and, and think about it this way. Wisconsin has been a legitimate member of the Big Ten since 1896. And that's not because it wasn't the, it, it wasn't there before that. Yeah. Um, when it was the Western Conference. Um, but, yeah, it, like – Universities have a lot more to lose financially going to a different conference for one year or whatever. Like, if if you want to leave the Big Ten to go somewhere else, good luck with your revenue sharing. I mean, we saw it with uh, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland. When they entered, they did not get equal revenue share for like two or three years uh, prior to. And, I mean, like I said, Ohio State's one of the biggest athletic departments in the nation if not the biggest both sports wise dollar wise and all that you can't tell me you're going to go to the sec and the sec is going to welcome you with open arms and be like here equal revenue if i'm if i'm a team like nebraska and i was really interested in playing i i couldn't fault them for looking into other options absolutely not uh the one thing i will say is the Big 12 ain't welcoming welcoming (laughs) them back they voted them the academic side voted them out of the aau that's how much that conference doesn't like Nebraska. <laughs> They're not coming back. Like Nebraska can think they would be welcomed back with open arms, but they're not going they're to be. Not coming back. All, right, All here's I know we'll is that uh, Scott Frost might have a little bit of pull in the AAC. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right, Rowdy. <laughs> That's true. We uh, might want to get a little uh, UCF Nebraska rivalry. He's just going to flash his ring around. I'm a national champ, baby. We're going to bake at the Power Six with yeah. the AAC. We'll step away from college football for a second, just because we got to take a deep breath, clear the air a little bit. Let cooler heads prevail, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But I like this tweet right here. I chuckled at it. Our guy Pat at worst, like Bratwurst, worst Brewer fan hits me up at Ebo says about the Big Ten canceling football. He says, as a fan, you feel like you just got headbutted by Giannis Adenakumbo. Hashtag Big Ten football. <laughs> Did you see that headbutt from Giannis last night on Mo Wagner? Yeah, I saw the, uh, the replay oh. and the highlight. I didn't actually watch the game. I kind of... I kind of forgot that they were playing. I was more or less watching the Brewer game. Yeah, Brewers win too, but uh, real quick on the Bucks. Bucks got a win. Bucks have not been looking good in the bubble. And um they've been now they have lost 8 of the last 12 games. If you go back the 12 before the shutdown. But yeah, the Bucks actually get a win without Giannis Antetokounmpo. It was overall team effort. It was actually pretty good to see because the other day when they lost, um, who did they lose to a couple days ago? I forget. But whatever team they lost to, Mavericks. Yeah, the Mavs. Kyle Korver came out and said, "Like it's either it's now or never. Like we need to get it together because we're at a crossroads right now." Well, you thought it was going to be bad when Giannis got ejected after headbutting 
Mo Wagner. Wagner really flopped hard on it. It was still a headbutt, but it was a definite exaggeration and uh, acting job from Mo Wagner. I don't know if he's trying to get into Hollywood and those weirdos out there in Petalwood, but Mo Wagner definitely, definitely acting there. It was a flop, but Giannis still headbutted him. I saw one of your boys scored a bucket. Who, Ursan? No, for the Wizards, Jared Utoff. Oh, Bugs Bunny? He was playing over there? Yeah, Utoff. I did didn't see know that. he was in the NBA. I, I, I didn't even realize it to be honest with you. But made yeah, a th- made a three. <laughs> Milwaukee beat the Wizards one twenty six to one thirteen despite Jared Utoff making a three. They played without Chris. <laughs> despite Jared Utoff's three points. <laughs> yeah, they played without Chris Middleton, without Eric Bledsoe, without Wesley Matthews. Giannis Antetokounmpo got ejected for the headbutt. The Bucks did get twenty four points from Brooke Lopez and twenty three from Sterling Brown off uh, off the bench. Giannis only had 12 points, 9 rebounds, and 10 minutes of action. The win now improved them to a record of 3-4. and four. They'll close out their seeding games Thursday, tomorrow, against the Grizz. But Giannis, Giannis getting a little temper rowdy. Uh, a couple games ago, Giannis, it was uh, against the Nets. Uh, what was his name? Hall. His last name was Hall. He shoved Giannis down. Giannis got up immediately, started, went to attack Hall. He got... You always need the guy, the hold me back guy. So Giannis got held back, and then Giannis said to the ref in his face, I will F him up. But he didn't say F. He said the whole thing. I can't say it on these airwaves. But Giannis said, I will F him up. I will F him up. And then Giannis is headbutting Mo Wagner. Giannis is getting a little testy down in the bubble. Let's be real. Everyone in the NBA is a hold me back guy. <laughs> hold me back, bro. Or is who's more of a hold me back guy in the NBA or the MLB? Who's bigger pansies when it comes to fighting? I think I've actually seen people connect in Major League Baseball. Martin Maldonado connecting on Travis Snyder. I yeah. remember that one vividly. Odor when he uh, yep. struck Joey Bats, Jose Bautista yep. in the face yep. while rounding first base. Yep. Uh, Nolan Ryan, obviously there's those. Uh, oh, Nolan Ryan just where beating Where he's got ass. The, the headlock. It was at Ventura, and he's punching him in the head. Chase just beating ass. Um, yeah. At least you'll see Pedro Martinez throwing down Don Zimmer. I feel like that's where there should have been a hold me back guy for Don <laughs> yeah, Zimmer. Yeah, there should have been a hold me back guy there. It's Humpty Dumpty's seven year old Humpty Dumpty's coming at you. Like the only legit NBA fight that I can think of that I remember ever watching was the Malice in the Palace. Damn, there was some punches throwing there. Every every other NBA scrap or whatever you want to call it has just been guys being held back. Hey, Giannis connected with the headbutt. Not too hard. Nobody wins with a headbutt. On the Bucks, really quick here. Bucks get a win. Nice to see, refreshing. And they did it without a lot of uh, big names. Giannis was playing after sitting out the last game due to having, uh, I think it was oral surgery. He came back and uh, 10 minutes in, headbutted Mo, Mo Wagner and was ejected. He had 12 points, 9 rebounds, and 10 minutes of action. And there was no, uh, what, there was no Chris Middleton. There was no Eric Bledsoe. There was no Wesley Matthews, excuse me, but the Bucks did get 24 points from Brooke Lopez, 23 from Sterling Brown off the bench as they beat the Wiz 126 to 113. So I have so many questions for you with the Bucks. Yeah. But my first one's going to be what can't they do in that bubble if you can get oral surgery and not have to leave the bubble? I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. <laughs> like what, what can you not do in this bubble that is Disney? world i don't know I, I from what i read i think you can go out as long as you have like a doctor's like a medical clearance you have to be given the nod to leave obviously but then you got <laughs> to test es- a bunch. you're escorted off the premises you're <laughs> escorted to your doctor appointment yeah yeah i just saw them release a thing that they're starting to let people in like family members and they had a certain uh, where'd the tweet go they had a certain wording on it saying that you have to have met and known these people and you can't know them just from Instagram, i.e. <laughs> i.e. the Instagram hoes. I'm sorry, the God. models. Sorry, the models. So that was what I was thinking Monday night when I saw... Oh, here, real th- quick. Sorry, here. Here's the memo. Any individual the player has not previously met in person or with whom the player has had limited in-person interactions, for example, known by the player through Instagram or other social media are not welcome in. <laughs> The did fact you, that they have to put that on there. The Instagram hoes. D- d- did you just call the, the audience a bunch of hoes? Well, on Monday night when 
they were playing the Toronto Raptors and they said that Giannis would not be playing due to having oral surgery and mm-hmm. he was, you know, walking around the facility with a mask on while everyone else was warming up. I thought about that. I was like, well, wouldn't he did he technically have to leave the bubble to get surgery? Wouldn't he technically have to to quarantine or is this test what, negative this, so many times? This has been bothering you. This is what keeps you up that night. Giannis well, having like, oral surgery. Well, I was confused at how their their procedure and policies worked, and if you could get oral surgery at Disney World. Well, I don't really care about that. My my one concern is. After having oral surgery, why are you headbutting people? Yeah, that's enough. That <laughs> that's was my, the one thing that makes me raise my That was my second question is, <laughs> do you really want to be headbutting people and do you want to potentially be fighting where normally when you fight someone, they're trying to punch you in the face? Yeah, I would want to be staying clear of that. Mo Wagner is such a little biatch, though. Um, I mean, we know him from you know some Big Ten play, but I can't stand that guy. Giannis, here's Giannis on his outburst. I was. I don't think I was uh, forced with Wagner. I think it was just a whole build-up of dirty plays in my mind. You know, guys tripping me, uh, guys, f- you know, falling in front of my feet, holding me, hitting me, you know, and all that. But I have nothing against uh, Wagner. It wasn't just him. It was just like, you know, in my mind, all these games I've played, you know, guys hitting me. So, you know, I just, I lasted for a second. Giannis is getting frustrated, man. You want to know why? Because he's really not getting the superstar calls that the LeBron James and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and insert superstar here. Giannis, Giannis doesn't get the calls like the superstars get. Maybe it's in the contract that once you sign a giant contract or a supermax super contract that then you get the calls. But yeah, but until then, then uh, Chris... <laughs> well, would Chris Middleton be getting calls then? Well, he didn't sign a supermax. He, he just got a, just a... a a bigger contract for him. But yeah, Giannis is a little frustrated. Here's one of the headbutt. Ooh, ooh, I forgot to turn my fader on. Unbelievable board hopping skills right here. Here's more from Giannis on the headbutt. Terrible action. You know, if I could go back, turn back the time and uh, go back to that play, you know, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I think I've done a great job, you know, all year in my career. You know, keep my composure and uh, focus on the game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I say we're human. We make mistakes but at the end of the day learn from it keep playing good basketball and uh keep moving forward i kind of like i kind of like the honest head button mo Wagner. i'm not gonna lie well the bucks are three and four yep since entering the bubble now obviously it doesn't look like they've been taking every single game seriously now they have Memphis as their their final game and the eight that were required to yeah, play the until the seeding matchup. yeah the, the playoffs officially start mm-hmm. you a little nervous about the bucks i mean they're three and four and I, I wouldn't say they really looked good in any of the games. I am nervous about the Bucks. I look at this team and I see them losing to the Brooklyn YMCAs. I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. 11 of their players, 10 of them were from the G League. They lost. Uh, but then again, Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo only played 16 minutes apiece. They barely played in the first half. And now, yeah, they you, you've the- lost to other teams, though. I like the fact that you had a team effort beat the Wizards last night. It calmed the nerves a little bit. Just, I mean, no, there's no Giannis ejected. Chris Middleton wasn't playing. Eric Bledsoe not playing. Wesley Matthews not playing. I like the fact that they gelled together as a team in the face of some adversity, even though it is the Wizards to beat them. Well, that, that was a good. That was a good moment for them. I think a lot of people are nervous because what do you remember before all this happened? Yeah, they did go on a little bit of a losing streak, but they were by far the best team in the NBA. They were, for the most part, tearing teams apart. Yeah. A high-scoring team. They still played some tough defense. Well, now, I don't know if I would say I'm nervous, but I definitely think it'll make the second the semifinals and the conference finals a little more interesting if they play like this. Now everyone's not playing the normal minutes, but I'm still under the belief. And they got the number one seed locked up. I'm still under the belief that they would fairly easily make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, that's when you're. That's when it starts getting tough. Eastern Conference Finals. And I actually think I would give them the leg up in the Eastern Conference Finals, even against the Toronto. I mean, I know both teams well, are locked no Kawhi in their Leonard spot. Anymore, you know? But there was no Giannis on Monday night. Yeah. They, they still lost, but it was kind of a wash. I'm just nervous about when they make the NBA Finals. finals. I think the pre-shutdown, the Bucks looked like a team that would win it all. That they were a juggernaut. And they were able to just beat anyone in front of them. No problem. Now, 
and it's a little different because you're down in the bubble. You don't have certain players playing. You had Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton showing up late because they got positive for COVID-19, even though you know they're asymptomatic, they're fine. You look at them now, disjointed, empty gyms, no home court advantage, not everyone's getting the same minutes, coming back into form after having four months off. The Bucks look like to me now a team that can make it to the finals, but I don't know if they'll be able to win it all. Before the before the shutdown, I thought they were world beaters and that the Bucks would beat anyone in their path. And they were, and Vegas had them as that. You know, uh, odds makers, et cetera, et cetera, had them as that. Everything was pointing to the Bucks winning it all, probably over the Lakers or the Clippers. Now I look at the Bucks as a team that, yeah, I think you can make it to the finals, but I don't know if you can win it because they just look different. But they look different for us. They're out in a bubble in in, in Orlando. You know, that's no one ever thought this would happen. Yeah, in empty gyms. You definitely before thought that the Bucks were just a shoe in for the NBA final, right? Yeah. Now I think once you play the Raptors, because I still think the Raptors would be the collective team, the better team. I think they they've shown that they can handle Boston, Miami, well, Pacers. The Bucs have shown that they've clinched the number one seed in the East. You just don't sleep as easy as you did. No, prior it's different to the now. Shutdown. It's different now. It's different. Bucks still at the end of the day, still best team in the league, still number one seed in the East. They clinched it. RJ says that maybe Giannis was still numbed up from his oral surgery. That's why he did the headbutt. So he wouldn't feel pain. Mo Wagner, you little Nancy boy. I welcome in our sports director, Zach Halprin. Zach, I had to change your music up. Appropriate. Usually it's uh, Rihanna. Work, 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 work. I just, I can't. Even though you can see Rihanna's boobs in that music video, I just can't do it right now. I'm mad. Got taps. I'm sad, too. Big Ten football, buddy, is uh, throwing the towel. They're done. What was your initial reaction? Disappointment, obviously. Yeah. Football is such a big part of everything that we do and such a big part of Wisconsin and to not have it for the first time since 1888 is going to be a bit surreal and disappointing uh, was the first reaction, but anger is also probably in there as well. Anger. Uh, because there's, there's no reason we shouldn't be playing football this season if we had all done what we needed to do. But it is what it is, and here we are. Uh, done what we needed to do. I would say these presidents and athletic directors had almost six months, and I don't hear – so they can still practice, though? Well, I mean, they could still do what they've been doing here these last few weeks. Hasn't that been working, though? Has it have, how many positive tests have they had? What, didn't they get some initial one for uh, intake when they first came back to campus? I think that I'd, off the top of my head, I think total, and this wasn't, just, this wasn't football players. This was total athletes at Wisconsin. I believe it was 26 since June, uh, whatever it was, June 8th, I think, is when they came back. So it was 26 as of a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah, obviously what they were doing was working, um, but obviously they're going to be bringing uh, – or uh, introducing a whole bunch more students into the mix here in a little bit. And uh, I don't know necessarily if it was just a Wisconsin thing, but I think it was some of the medical experts weren't comfortable with it. And, you know – I guess the frustrating thing is that the medical experts for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are seeing one thing, and the medical experts for the SEC and the ACC are seeing something else. That's and, what blows my mind. Uh, that's what, that's the part it, that blows my but mind. To be, but to be fair, that's kind of what this whole last five months has been, is one side saying one thing and another side saying another thing and not being able to come to a consensus on anything. And we end up in we, where we are, where we just, you know, and I guess not even limbo. We we finally got an answer yesterday, but that that is uh, obviously concerning. But that's also that's also medicine. You know, not everyone's gonna. It's why you get second opinions on on things when you go to a doctor and you don't necessarily agree with what one doctor says. You go and see another doctor to see if they say the same thing. And that's you know Wisconsin's doctors, not Wisconsin doctors, but the Big Ten's medical experts and everything were, uh, I guess, firmly but firmly saying that they don't think it could be done. So that's, um, I would love to know who the doctors are that Nebraska has. As Nebraska, Scott Frost has come out to say that they're very disappointed with the decision by the Big Ten to postpone it. And they say uh, safety comes first, and based on the conversation with our medical experts, 
We continue to strongly believe that the absolute safest place for our student-athletes is within the rigorous safety protocols, the testing procedures, and the structure and support provided by Husker Athletics. And then they continue oh. saying, we'll continue to consult with our medical experts and evaluate the situations, but we remain as possible that we want to play and we're ready to play. I think it's safe to say that Nebraska, of the 14 universities, uh, in terms of their, uh, their academic uh, standing would probably be the lowest, so I'm not necessarily sure that <laughs> we should be believing their doctors. But no, I'm I'm joking, of course. But it, uh, that's not going to change. Like they're not sending kids home. All those kids are still going to be there, uh, and they're not going to be they're going to be going through similar protocols. They're still still going through the testing, and all that type of stuff. They're just not going to be playing games on Saturdays, which you know is uh, I think probably difficult for people to understand, including myself. Why are you going to continue to go ahead and do all this stuff? But not actually end up playing games. I, I get, I get though, like the travel and everything that that comes along with playing college football, and I think that was probably something they were scared of, along with this, these these new reports of uh, the issues with um, myocarditis and the uh, the heart the issue, heart, right? The, the heart issue that you know, ten players, I believe it was in the Big Ten, already uh, have tested positive for that for having that that uh, that uh, issue. So there's a lot of things that. I think common people like myself don't necessarily understand when it comes to the medical aspect of it, but yeah, that's why you have to lean on your medical experts. And with the Big Ten, the Pac-12 are. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, let me ask you, so uh, speaking of Nebraska and uh, Iowa, is another. You know, I think when that initial vote came out on Monday, it was, what, two schools said they wanted to continue on, and I do believe it was Nebraska and Iowa. Nebraska still holding firm. Kevin Warren the Big Ten commissioner coming out yesterday, and he didn't say it, but he kind of made it clear it was not a unanimous vote to cancel the season, right? Right, yeah. No, I mean, he, he didn't want to talk about whether it was unanimous or not, but all we need to do is look at the response from Nebraska to show that it, it wasn't, right? I mean, they, they clearly think that they should be playing this fall, and, and they even said that we would continue to look into places uh, to, to, to try and do so. Later in the night, though, I think Yahoo spoke with Kevin Warren, asked him straight up, and said, you know, if Nebraska wants to go outside and play somebody else, what well, can they? And he goes, not as a member of the Big Ten. Yeah, I saw so, that. Um, they're more than welcome to leave the conference if they'd like. Uh, I think we'd all miss the 300-yard rushing games from Wisconsin <laughs> every year. But um, you know, <laughs> it is what you know. They got to do what they want to. They have to do what they got to do. I can't imagine them giving up. Uh, you know, the 50 million dollars a year that they get from the Big Ten, but. Uh, you know, it's good. You know, the devastation that it is going to have on you know Green Bay's. Um, economy not having yeah. those not having those ten games. Lincoln's exactly like Green Bay. It's that they survive on seven home games a season, and to not have that is going to be significant to them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Zach, let me ask you. Then they were talking hopeful to have football in spring, and then mm-hmm. you have Fayon Hicks coming out saying our bodies won't last. Stop getting people's hopes up. You have Paul Christ. Saying, how are you going to do? You know, two seasons in one year. If Barry Alvarez saying he doesn't know the logistics of it, yada yada yada. Do you honestly think that they would have football in spring, or is that just a pipe dream, uh, some snake oil they're selling us right now to give us a glimmer of hope that will never happen? Well, it's definitely a glimmer of hope. It's uh, you know, hold on to something so that yesterday didn't just completely despair you until you know what late August, early September of next year. I don't think that they're going to end up having a spring season. I, I just don't think it's feasible considering if you want to play a full schedule next fall. But I, I kind of, you know, kind of like the idea that Paul Chris floated about, you know, playing a few games, you know, two or three games of uh, against teams that you've never played against in stadiums that you've never been to, uh, just kind of to get that experience, to get you know more action, kind of an extended spring practice, essentially. That I could see happening, and that would be something I'd be in favor of just to – just to have a little bit of football. We've seen, you know, volleyball, Wisconsin volleyball kind of does that in the spring. Sometimes we, they've had, where they've had games uh, or where they play a little, a short little schedule. So that, that's something I could see. I don't envision them actually having a, like a six, like Barry Alvarez said, six to eight games. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Neither do I. I just, it's, I don't see. And then you see, I see players out there saying our bodies can't last. And yeah, I just don't, it's a pipe dream. Zach Alpern, our sports yeah. director joining us right now, Zach, First year on the job for Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and uh, I don't envy him. I will say that. Uh, yeah, so far, Kevin Warren's handling of COVID-19, no football, yada, yada, yada. What do you think uh, this guy's first year on the job is, is uh, looking like? How would you grade him out? 
I can't imagine having a worst first year and just not just you know whatever you want to say about his performance, but the thing, the challenges that he's been presented with is not something anybody wants to be presented with, and he's had to, to deal with it. And um, I don't think there's a lot of people that have been very impressed with with what he's done. Uh, I kind of get the feeling that he is impressed with himself, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm a passing grade, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe a C, maybe a C. But look, the the way that they handle this and, and the fact that Nebraska is out here, you know, wagging, you know, a big stick all around and, and trying to be this big thing that would have never happened under Jim Delaney. Jim Delaney would have told, would have called them up and, and cussed them out. And then, you know, I think someone, I, I saw this in an article saying that if it had happened, you know, he would have made Nebraska end up opening the big 10 season at Ohio state or at Michigan for the next four <laughs> years, just to, just to make sure that they knew who was boss and Kevin Warren you know, at least publicly, we haven't seen that. And uh, it doesn't sound like we've seen it behind the scenes either. So uh, he uh, he walked into a, uh, in a bit of a hornet's nest and has not performed. Murder hornet. A murder hornet's nest this year, Zach. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I would say he has not performed at uh, at a level that, you know, a lot of people are happy with. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 2020. No one's happy with anything, right? Uh, right. Zach, so, okay, so they come up to say that the players for Wisconsin um, can practice 20 hours a week. So what 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 do these practices entail? Like, what what do they – they can't wear full pads, can they? Isn't it just the helmet? Well, it's not practice. It's 20 hours of uh, work, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in the film room, whether it's, whether it's on the field. They have up to 20 hours. And I believe – I haven't seen the updated figures, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the – the same twenty hour, type of about twenty hours that they had uh, from you know I think it was July twenty third up until when fall camp was supposed to start, where it's very minimal on field work for Wisconsin. If you think about it, they still can't be on the field together as a team because the restrictions in Dane County where you can't have more than twenty five people on the field at a time. So uh, if they do continue to practice, they do continue to do on the field work, um, then it'll be in those small little groups just like it was for two weeks. And I don't know how long that will continue. Uh, I was. Uh, looking at some, some of the social media yesterday from players, and I think I saw Kendrick Pryor like post something on his uh, Instagram saying, uh, "Good performance on the la- on my last day." So I don't know exactly what uh, what exactly practice or anything else is going to look like for this team going forward. And Paul Chris didn't necessarily have a, uh, a, a lot of answers to that either yesterday. Well, that's the theme, right? No one's got an answer for anything. It's you know, it's that's just right, the only, 2020. The only the only thing they got certainty on yesterday was the fact that they were not going to have a season. Yeah, God, everything it just else makes me sick. Everything else is uncertain. All right, you know, so well, you know what else is certain? They're going to lose what a hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's insane. So when that amount of money and Barry Alvarez was talking about that, they have not yet started to wonder aloud about or have a plan when it comes to cutting sports. Do you see? In the next fiscal year, the Wisconsin potentially—I know it's conjecture right now—but potentially cutting other sports that aren't big I, money makers. I don't. I don't. I think that's going to be a last resort. I think you're going to see a lot of layoffs within the athletic department. I, uh, you know, we've seen the the work share program here these last few months, where people that were working, you know, 50 plus hours a week, were down to 20 something hours a week, and uh, you know, only working like four days a week, and that was trying to save money. But I, I envision you know layoffs because those people don't have anything to do now. Like what, what is their role now that there's no uh, fall sports? Um, that's, that to me is going to lead to quite a few people uh, being laid off until sports comes back. So maybe I guess, I guess you'd call it a furlough. Um, and they're going to have to look at, you know, coaching salaries even more. Uh, we've seen, obviously they went after, I think was the top 25 uh, moneymakers in the athletic department and had them take pay cuts through October. Barry Elvis said that that is, is likely potentially something that they'll look even further and, and maybe have to go even further deep down uh, further down the uh, list of people to, to cut salaries. And, um, you know, they have a reserve, but it only is going to take them so far. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of tough decisions. They've prepared. Here's the thing. They've prepared for this. Yeah. They knew if they didn't have, they had a bunch of different budgets slated out. And if they didn't have enough, if it ended up being where they had no football, well, that's the budget they're going to have to fall in. A lot of difficult decisions. Barry Albert said this could be the toughest fall of his life. Yeah. What are you going to do when the X-Man comes for you? Zach, how about this? What about players? Can they transfer? Could you see players transferring and playing right away in an ACC, a Big 12, or an SEC? Yes. I think it would be a bit of a gamble on their part, simply because what if you get in the transfer portal, you transfer there, 
and they end up not playing. Um, you know, that, that would be a bit of a, a gamble. But a lot of these, I think a lot of guys that are, you know, either fifth-year, you know, seniors, fifth-year seniors, could end up doing that. And a guy like Eric Burrell, who, you know, was coming out last year, maybe he needed one more year to be able to show the NFL that he had, you know, the capability to play at that level. I could see it. Um, so I would expect the transfer portal to be very interesting over the next 24, 48 hours. Uh, and, what about and Graham Mertz? Guys. Tell me Graham Mertz is staying. Tell Probably. me Graham Mertz is staying. Just, Who knows? Just placate. Just placate with me. Just say yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Graham Mertz is staying. He's Oof. not leaving. None, oh. none of their highly, none of their highly uh, touted guys are leaving. I, I, I was yeah, nervous right. about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. No, I, I mean, but have we seen the last – I think the other big question is has, have we – if if they don't play in the spring, do some of these guys want to come back for a, a fifth or sixth year uh, if they're allowed? Like, I don't even know if they're going to be allowed. Like, I mean, that's the big thing. We saw UW in the spring say uh, thanks but no thanks to, you know, giving spring sport athletes another year. Uh, do they – do the same thing for football. Uh, that that to me would, I mean, that's a huge question that uh, Paul Chris didn't have an answer for yesterday. So, but yeah, I think there's a very good chance that we could see some guys transfer and, and try and go play football in the ACC or SEC. And I think the NCAA would certainly give them waivers to play right away. Man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Zach Halpern, crazy. our sports director, joining us. Yeah, what are you going to say? I was just going to say crazy. It's it's nuts, dude. I, you know, I I don't know how many times I said in 2020, I can't believe this has happened, but. <laughs> it all started with March Madness, right? All right, Zach, yeah. before we uh, let you go here, uh, trying to find some positives here. We got um, Giannis and the well, the Bucks won. Giannis got ejected. What did you think of Giannis's headbutt on Mo Wagner? I think a lot of Badger fans are probably pretty happy about it. I was, Wagner, I was, but, I was smiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just lost it. He was fed up. He, he, and he said after the game, he was fed up. So it's been... You know, a lot of cheap shots throughout the year. When you know, after everything that's happened, you know, people diving at his feet, people grabbing him, people hitting him. He just lost it, and for a minute, said he wouldn't do it if he had another chance. But he did it in the moment. Has to learn from it, move on. I don't know. The only thing I, would, the only thing I have any issue, you know, concern about is if they decide. I mean, I think he's going to get suspended for a game at least, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, thankfully for them, they only have, they still have one seating game left. But yeah, I. I I don't. I'm not really. Uh, How are you feeling confident. about the Bucks? Are you confident not, the I'm Bucks not, can make it to the finals well, and or win that's the what finals? I'm saying right now, I, I'm not confident at all. Uh, they, they just have not played, and I know they've they've had the one seed wrapped up and all that stuff, but they just have not looked good defensively, which is where really where they've hung their hat all year. Yeah, and it leads to their offense. I, I'm not confident, but again, uh, Kyle Korver said that there's a possibility you can turn, you can flip the switch, and uh, they need to do it. Uh, Relatively soon here, because they only got one game before the playoffs start. Yeah, flip the switch in the empty gym. Pretty crazy. And, Zach, before I let you go, uh, we were trying to talk about tailgates gone by, uh, some of our favorite memories, and one of mine comes uh, standing next to you as we have our headset on. And the headset's only got a, what, about a three-foot reach, I would say, until um, you can't pull it any farther unless you rip it off your head or it unplugs. I love being at the tailgates when my man Zach Halperin shows up to you know, you know, grace his presence on the airwaves, and I get closer and closer and closer, and you keep scooting farther and farther away until the cord finally is at its Pops end up. of its rope, and you're there yeah. stuck, and you are stuck <laughs> by me with putting my arm around you. Is it until the the cord is at the end of its rope, or until he realizes who's on the other side? <laughs> Just like dragging the the machine away from. Yeah, it's like please don't touch you. me. You're in my bubble. Yes. <laughs> Zach, I uh, I don't know anymore, dude. I'm just going to go jump off a cliff. Thanks for joining us. Okay? All right. Yep, thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Last night, we did see the Milwaukee Brewers get a win. Thank God. The Bats, they saved some dramatics with the Bats. Bunch of home runs. Nice to see. Uh, Avisal Garcia, homer in the left, 427 feet in the bottom of the first. And by the way, Garcia, have yourself a game. Manny Pina, Manny Pina, pineapple, have yourself a game, too. He homered to center, 395, then he homered again in the sixth. Fifth in the sixth, centered, uh, let's see, then right in the sixth, four and three feet. And then Jed Jerko with the 397 Bomsky uh, to center in the eighth. Nelly, the bats, are they are they coming alive a little bit? Yeah, they scored six runs. Avisel Garcia, obviously he three for four with a home run. He was a guy that... Early in the season looked all right, but then the last few games was kind of struggling. 
Garcia had a day. Manny, Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich went one for four, but. Hey. Again, his at-bats look much better than what they did. And then you obviously had Manny Pena had two home runs last night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jed Jerko had another home run. I think if you're if you're the Brewers, 20 games is kind of that point where you go, you know, this is not so early in this 60-game season. You might have to to play the hot hands or play the guys that have been playing well. I think uh, there's there should be a real question going on in Craig Council's mind whether Manny Pena should just – straight up be the starting the catcher one, yeah. because I know they brought in Omar Navarra, Nav- Narva- Narvaez, Narvaez. There's this, to, be the, I sound. to be the hitting catcher. Well, guess what? To be the hitting catcher in a you, platoon, you, you got to hit. Well, Manny Pena, he's, he's just leading the Brewers in hitting. Narvaez didn't even see the action yesterday. Manny, Manny Pineapple just getting it done. My man, he's batting 368. And I think at this There's point. There's your hitting catcher. Jed Jerko's got to be a guy that's probably got to be in the lineup, too. The last three games, I think he has two home runs. Yeah. Jerko. Balling. Josh Lindblom. Oh. I don't know if it's Josh Lindblom or if or it's... This, I don't know what it is. Eddie Get, Rosario. Or Eddie Rosario is a beast for the Twins, but Lindblom... <laughs> he single-handedly scored a, the first seven out of the Twins' first eight runs in the series. That dude's a monster. But Lindblom went four innings. He gave up seven hits. All right. Lindblom gives up seven hits, four earned runs, but still strikes out eight. I don't, I can't get a vibe on Lindblom. Can't get a vibe on it. But then, man, did we set, and how about seeing Josh Hader? How about that, Rowdy? Got to see Hader at the end there. Three strikeouts for the Hader, the Hader aid. So, uh, (laughs) well, Josh Lindblom. I think I think you're just seeing what you might have just got. Just a guy that's hit or miss, right? Yeah. I mean, he was in Korea for a reason. Yep. Normally, guys don't uh, pitch in the major leagues, <laughs> and then <laughs> well, last performance um, Lynn Bloom had, he got the win. That was his first one in the majors. I think it was since, since fourteen. Twenty, yeah, thirteen or fourteen, twenty fourteen. That's insane. Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't like pitch in the major leagues and then voluntarily go over to South Korea to play baseball. Yeah, I wouldn't voluntarily go over there if I was a major league caliber pitcher. I wouldn't really want to pack up and move to South Korea. It's just not a thing that people do. Yes. I would go there to vacation and check it out. Sure. I wouldn't live there. It was nice seeing Josh Hader get into a game because it means the Brewers are tied or winning (laughs) and they're still continuing to use him as a closer. But uh, I was actually listening to the broadcast on the radio Last night, when I was about to get into the shower, and you had Bob Uecker. Devin, was it Bob? Yeah, Uecker? Devin, Devin Williams was in it pitching at the time, and uh, they were tell, saying how he, you know, he's getting the fastball by him. And I don't remember which guy on the broadcast said it, but it made me think of this show, and it made me think of what did he say? Major League. Because yes. I can't remember, it, yes. but I think it was Euchre on the call. Said, Where's Big Joe when he needed him? Said that uh, Devin Williams, you know, he just needed to keep pumping the fastball by him. And there was a give him the heater, Ricky. Give him the heater, Ricky. On the radio broadcast. Yes. So that actually made me chuckle. Yes. I love it. Give him the heater, Ricky. Yes. Here we go. Let's see if it works. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. <laughs> is Major League one of the greatest movies ever made? Well, if you listen to this show, it definitely is. In my humble opinion. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. One of the greatest movies. Not just sports movies. One of the greatest movies ever made. You got the love story. You got the, you know, the the lovable losers. You got the underdog story. You got the California Penal League references. You got you got it all. You got it all, Rowdy. In Major League. And then Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre, baby. All right, uh before we hit break. If you yeah? wanted to play that uh sound clip that I sent you. Which one? Where? On Twitter. Did you say it, it was right Craig, now? Yeah, it was Craig Council before the game on MLB Network, and he was talking about uh, Christian Yelich and some of the other bats that needed to get going. It was uh, pretty interesting because he nailed it. He talked about how uh, Ryan Braun was coming back. Christian Yelich's at-bats had been looking better. 
and it wasn't about necessarily his production and his batting average because if you look at it, it's still not very impressive, but it was the taking of pitches, the better at bats. And then he said another guy we need to get going, Avisel Garcia. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. Yeah, I mean, I think for Christian, uh, you know, that's that. No, that's the number one, first of all, and that he, I thought on Sunday, um, he just took swings and 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 also just takes like how he took pitches was very familiar to us. So, a really good sign. Um, I, I thought he took some decent swings last night. Um, decent, but but the swings were just kind of back to normal. So that that was a really good sign. Um, he, he's just, you know, he, he's. He's sitting there, and the batting average doesn't look nice, but he's really like one good week from like us never having talked about this again. So <laughs> it, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not that far off already. He's got four homers already. Um, so, you know, it's 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 close, I think, with Christian. And then the other guy that I think I would say is really important that we get going is is Avisal Garcia. Um, he he's he had a good night last night, and so and he had some good work before the game yesterday that hopefully carried over. So he's a really important player that um, that I think um, we just need to keep get going a little bit. And he's going. Avisal yeah. Garcia had and, a hell of a night. And then what did he do later that night? Three for four with a home run. Yeah. This is my kind of team, Rowdy. It's all coming together. It's my kind of team. I don't know if uh, that's the exact major league quote I'd want to uh, use to reference all, this team. They got a right win now. last night. It's all coming together, Rowdy. It's all coming together. But I, I like I said. When I heard that on the broadcast, give him the heater, Ricky. I did chuckle <laughs> as I was stepping into the shower because all I could think of was we're probably going to hear that same quote tomorrow morning at about six twenty. Starting to come together, Rowdy. My kind of team. <laughs>